Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. So we're getting close to Christmas, and this is, well, the month of December, and we've promised people feel-good stories this month, and once again, I have a story about animals. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thrilled about that because I think they do make really good feel-good stories, um, but I'm going to start by saying that it's about a male, and I'm going to ask you for the name of a client. Okay. How about Jim? Okay. Thank you. So Jim and I can see each other over Zoom, and he begins but by going through the consent process with me, and through the consent process, I see a dog come in and sit behind him. And I do want to clarify that this is a spirit dog, not a real dog. And this brand of dog, oh, pardon me, they're not called brands. Nope. That was interesting, though. <laughs> they're called breeds. Yep. <laughs> This breed of dog, I know, it's a golden retriever. So it is so easy to say, oh, hey, Jim, um, can you confirm that you have a golden retriever that's passed away? And easily, Jim just says to me, I do. And I said, do you think I could start with medium and jump right in and talk to your dog? And he goes, absolutely, you can. He says, I have a half hour booked, Karen. And my wife gave this to me as a gift, and I really don't know what you do. Mm. I really don't have a clue, but I've listened to the consent process, and I'm pretty intrigued. So um, the very first thing that the dog says to me is, I'm going to call myself Wife One. And I giggled at that, Kelly, because... That's really sweet. (laughs) I'd never heard of a dog referring to herself as a wife, but... It kind of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So she, she downloads all of this information into me. And I'm saying that at the very beginning, just simply because later during the session, Jim does ask me questions about how I'm being, how I'm being given the information by the spirit world. He wants to know what I see versus what I know and how do you have a knowing how can you know so much detail? Mm-hmm. And I remember having that conversation with him and saying, I really don't know because we call it a download. Uh, you and I have termed it a download of information. And I think that's simply because it's easiest to explain to others who understand computers that we can easily conceptualize that we don't know how to run what's going on and how a file actually comes in or how an email with a whole bunch of information comes in. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to explain how all of this stuff is actually occurring unless you're super um, into computers. But most people don't understand it, and we just take it for granted. We, We trust it, and we actually rely on it because we need to not know how to do all of those things but we still want to be able to turn the computer on and just be able to get right in and do things, right? So anyway, so I explained it to him that way, that that's how information is downloaded into us and why we know so much so quickly about a situation, an event, a person's whole life, 
and why it involves their feelings. Like we had a really great conversation around what is in a download. Okay, so back to wife one and, and the story. So she she starts by showing me how um, he dumps things in the house. And she shows like how he, he'll come in the door, take off his shoes and socks, but he'll just throw the socks at the door. And you can see that there are several pairs of socks at the door. So this isn't just that he does it once and at the end of the day, he tidies up and he puts all his socks in the laundry or back in a drawer. I don't know. You know, some people might be going, ooh, why would you do that? But you don't see anything like that. You just see a whole bunch of socks at the door. And you see some pants at the door. And you see some pants on the floor in different rooms of the house. And so there's, there's I'll just say multiple messes at this point, because hopefully listeners are catching on that I'll bet you it's not just pants and socks. Yeah, or the front entrance. <laughs> exactly. And that he's, he's, he's dumping things pretty much everywhere and anywhere, and nothing really makes any sense. And so she shows that she takes these things and she chews them up. And his response to her behavior is to be mad at her. His response is never to hit her. I don't ever see mm-hmm. abuse in that regard. But I certainly see where he blames her. He's angry with her. Um, He tells her what a bad dog she is, and she hears that. So she she hears his displeasure, his tone of voice, the words. And and I'll say some of the other behaviors that come with that when we're mad at our pets or when we're mad at our humans, that um, we withdraw. So as opposed to being able to sit on the couch then and pet her that evening, he's mad at her for some of the things that she's chewed. So she might sit on the couch beside him thinking, I'm going to get petted again. And he he doesn't because he's mad. So he withholds affection. He withholds praise. He withholds all of the love and attention he would normally give her. And she's very aware of what he's doing, but she doesn't piece it together with the fact that I'm going to chew shit. And this is what he's going to do. She just sees this behavior and doesn't correlate it. So I tell him that. And he goes, um, that's, that's really accurate. He goes, I can confirm that with wife one. <laughs> and I'm laughing because he, he goes right along and refers to his dog, not by her name, by the way, so I never know his dog's name. He and I both refer to her as wife one. Mm-hmm. And then she shows me a vet bill. And it's like she puts down multiple numbers on a vet bill. And I'm, I'm a little bit confused, but then I start to understand, oh my God, this is an indication that he has to take her to see a vet several times to have different things removed from her stomach. And he confirms that. He says, that's true. How did you see that? How did you know that? And I said, it was a vet bill. And I said, with multiple numbers on it. And he goes, so how did you know that it wasn't just multiple things? And I said, actually, I, I don't know how I know that. And I said, that's why I need you as a client to validate something and to fill in the blanks. So sometimes we see some things, but they don't make full sense to us. It's very important that the client is able to fill in that storyline and be able to explain it 
it because it enriches the session really. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "This is really cool." He says, um, "Starting to understand this. I've seen it on TV." And he says, but I'm starting to understand it. It's cool. I can understand why my wife wanted me to actually have my own experience of it. Because if you're watching it on TV, I imagine that they're cutting and they're putting clips together and they're, you know, producers are trying to figure out what the audience wants to see versus what really happened. He says, so Karen, would it be fair to say that when you're watching it on TV and it's a show, that some of the information that's given that doesn't get validated just gets edited out and that they try and keep the pieces that make that person look like they never get anything wrong. And I said, I don't know because I don't watch those shows. (laughs) And I said, but it's possible? I'm not certain. So he goes, well, continue. He says, I'm really enjoying this. I'd like to know what else wife one is telling you. And I said, well, she's showing me that you take your shit and you take your socks or your pants and you just sort of walk by something, and you put it up a little bit higher, like on a dresser. And he goes, okay. And you can see him like, holy shit, like I'm getting caught. And I said, so you put it higher, like where you think it's out of the way, or you tuck it someplace, like in the couch where you don't think she's going to dive in and actually fish things out, but she thinks that's a game. So she climbs into the crevices of the couch to find the socks, and he goes, oh, my God, Uh, yep. And I said, she actually gets up onto the dresser. She actually climbs onto things, and she still finds your stuff, and she does damage. So she will chew up his jeans. And so the bills continue, and he doesn't learn, even after going to the vet, that I should do something more responsible. I'm just going to move to a different level. And so he goes, that's really true. And he goes, now you're making me see this in a completely different way. He goes, who, Karen, he goes, I'm having some really strong emotions right now. And I said, okay, what's happening? And he goes, um, I think it's, I think the feelings are called responsibility. And I said, oh, yeah, how does that feel? And he goes, I feel sad. He goes, I feel shame. He says, I feel some things, um, he says, about what happened at that time. And he says, but is it odd to say that I'm also feeling, at the same time that I feel that, I feel good that I'm sitting here learning it. I'm good. I feel happy that I changed because I know the rest of the story. And he says, so I can understand that part. And I'm anxious and happy now for you to tell the rest of it. He goes, because I know what I did here. He says, can you tell me what else she's saying then? And I said, yes, she's saying that you came to understand what you were doing and your, your level of just moving it from here to here. And then you realized, wow, if I just put it here, And you started looking around going, or there, or there, and she gets all of these things, then we're still back at the vet's office, we're still back at me being angry with her. This is my responsibility to actually put it the hell away. And he goes, so, or pardon me, Kelly, so he says to me, he interrupts at that point, and he goes, yes, and that's why I feel good about this. He goes, what does she say about that? And she says to him, wife one says, That's when I knew you loved me. Mm. When I saw you pick everything up and put things back where they belong 
and not just out of the way, and you took responsibility was when I knew that you loved me, that you respected me as a being, that you understood that without a voice to say, honey, Mm -hmm. why do you leave all your stuff on the floor? Could you pick up? Like she didn't have a voice as a human would, a human wife would, to, to say, hey, why aren't you being responsible? Um, I, I, I'm upset with this. It's pissing me off. Pick up after yourself. Without the voice, which she clearly does not have as a dog, she really had to wait for him to understand what responsibility was. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yes. And he goes, I want to say something to you. And I said, well, wait, I, I want to hear what she has to say. I said, Jim, can you wait a second? And he goes, I can, but I kind of don't want to, but I will. He says, let wife one talk then, Karen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she says to me, I felt loved. I felt respected. And yeah, and that's true. And I realized at that point that we were becoming partners. And I understood then why he chose me. But I also want to point out that he learned what self-esteem was. He learned what self-worth is when he put his own shit away. Hmm. And he didn't realize that doing something so small created something so big and so worthwhile. Mm -hmm. For himself. Yes. And she goes, and that's when I fell in love with him. Yeah, for sure. When er When he realized how to create his own self worth and felt it because then he was truly in himself. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and that's what you call grounding. And she starts laughing, like, maybe, maybe not. I'm sort I'm a of, dog. I'm a dog. <laughs> I'm poking fun at this kind of stuff, she says. But he'll get the joke. Mm-hmm. So I tell him the joke about the grounding, and he just roars with laughter. Because he has a wife who's very much into spirituality, and she refers to grounding But she also has a background in psychology, and she says that while she likes the word grounding, it has to be rooted in emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. It has to be rooted in actually having the vocabulary and the knowledge to understand who we are. Mm -hmm. And then you can call somebody grounded. Yeah. Yeah, because grounded is an active process. It's not something that you just choose to say and poof, it happens. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of cliche built up around the word grounded when people don't understand that you have to actively contribute to it mm-hmm. like he's doing by being responsible. Yeah. And then wife one starts doing things. And, and one of the things that she did in the spirit world that I could see like right behind him as he's talking about his own self-esteem and his own worth and the re- and how she learns that she loves him is that she actually shows me that she's able to like smile, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, a dog yeah, smile. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I said, Oh my God. And he goes, what's up? What's she doing? And I said, your dog smiles. And he goes, yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's wife one. And then you see an absolute moment and I'll say you see the moment because of his, his physical responses on his face, how his body moves, how his, just his shoulders, everything about how he moves. But 
we also feel the shift Mm -hmm. and we know there's love because I feel it Mm -hmm. and I feel it synesthetically. But I want to say that I think anybody can feel it when you see it like that. We, We watch it on TV or we see it with two other people right in front of us. Or we hear somebody else tell the story, and we feel it too. Mm-hmm. So she shows me this beautiful dog smile, and he confirms it. And I've got to tell you, Kelly, it, it, it was an absolute beautiful moment for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I looked up into the right-hand corner of the computer screen, because we were doing Zoom, and I could see REC and the little red dot. And inside, I was like so happy for him mm-hmm. because he's going to be able to relive this moment and have these feelings over and over again. Yeah. And he's going to be able to share that with other people if he chooses to. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Then I ask wife one if she has any other messages because I thought I was done. And she goes, no, I do have another message. She says, um, eventually, like I tore up things in the house too. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, oh, I chewed on the furniture and I did things. And I said, is that still related to the same story or do I have a different message? She goes, no, you have a different message. She goes, he went to work and then he went to the gym and then he went out with friends and then he went out for dinner. And so I chewed shit. She goes, he didn't consider how bored I would be or what my needs were. So I did things at home that were really disruptive because I didn't know what else to do. Because again, like I don't talk, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, right. I said, okay. She goes, so bring that up because good things happened as a result of that. And I want to tell him how much I appreciated all of it. She goes, so start by telling him that and he'll confirm it for you. And I said, okay. So I said, Jim, she's talking about tearing up the whole place. He goes, oh shit, yes. And and I don't just mean a little. He goes, she tore up my place. And I said, okay. And she's saying that you learned from that. He goes, I did. He goes, can you ask her about it? And I said, yes. Because I didn't know who was, which one was going to tell me that information, right? Mm-hmm. And so wife one says to me, well, he decided to take me to training. Somebody said to him, your dog needs to be trained. Other dogs don't tear up shit. But she went, they went to training. So she's explaining to me, well, we went to training and I finally got a voice. Mm-hmm. She says, because the trainers ripped into him. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has gone through <laughs> dog training and says to another human, um, have you considered dog training? They're actually saying, you need to be told what's wrong with you. Yes. So that your dog doesn't keep expressing the anxiety and shit that you are creating. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. So she goes on to explain that they get to dog training and he arrives and he, you know, they're interviewing him and he's explaining how she does this and she, you know, she ripped up my couch and the two trainers look at him and go, you're the problem, dude. And they give it to him. You are, I guarantee you are not walking her before you go to work. You're not walking her when you get home. You're going out and socializing without taking a break to go home and meet your dog's needs. Guaranteed she has no friends. And he went, friends? What? I thought I was her friend. And they go, your dog. absent. Yeah, you're absent. And she needs dog friends, dude. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, I didn't know dogs needed dog friends. And they went, okay, make sure you come to all classes. 
because you need to see that at the end of each class, after training, we let the dogs socialize. Mm -hmm. And we do that on purpose because they need friends and they need to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. And he went, well, I have a little bit of dog treats. And they went, no, no. No, we met with serotonin. (laughs) Dopamine. Yeah. And he went, okay, I can see why I need to be here. I will be at all classes. So he goes to all of the sessions, as promised, and he starts to really learn and see from the trainers, as well as the other owners and the other dogs, how much wife one deserves to have friends, deserves to be a dog with other dogs because he plays completely differently with her. And they move into a, a, um, like their relationship really unfolds in a more loving way. So instead of going to work and doing all of his things and taking care of himself, he realizes and starts to anticipate. And she goes, that's the word, that's the word. She goes, tell him that he anticipated my needs because he would start saying to me, oh yeah, okay, I have a dog and I have to anticipate what you need today. So the water bowl is full, the dog dish is full. Um, She has playtime when I get home. I'm going to walk her on this route. We see five or six other dogs. I will stop and let her sniff. I will stop and let her hump the, or be humped (laughs) by the other dogs because apparently that's fun. So we're going to do all of these things. And then I'm going to go and do certain things with my life, but I can't do everything that I want. And she goes, that is the key. That is the key to partnership. To yes, to a relationship. And he finally learned that with me. She goes, So I want to tell him how much he grew, how much I love him, how much he learned to show me love and not to say I love you and then not show me in any concrete ways. Or sporadically, mm-hmm. without consistency. He learned that he had to be consistent. He couldn't walk me once a week. He had to walk me every day. Mm -hmm. She goes, so our contract together was completely fulfilled. We learned truly to be partners, to love, and to understand what sacrifice means Mm -hmm. and why we do it. When we sacrifice and it's healthy, we benefit because we love and we are loved in return. So then she just disappears on me. She goes, done, and she just goes away. But then I see another dog, Kelly, and I thought, oh, she's back. And she goes, no. And so I'm like, okay. And she goes, I'm wife too. And I went, oh, but you were a golden retriever too, and he got the same color. He got. It's like he tried to copy the first dog. And she goes, mm-hmm. Except that I'm wife too. And I went, oh, this is so good. And she goes, and he referred to me as a better dog, an easier dog than wife one. And I'm here to correct his sorry ass in a really good way. And I said, okay, why? And she goes, well, he likes to say that I was easier, but that's not true. It's just that he took all of the lessons that he learned with his first wife and he brought them to the relationship with me. From the beginning. From the, Yes, from day one. So even before he got me, he had me registered in dog training. Mm-hmm. 
Before he got me, he already knew which dogs in the neighborhood and whose friends had dogs that he could socialize me with as a puppy. So, of course, I was a better partner. He took the skill set and he practiced it with me. He gifted me with all of that. He knew how to love me and respect me. And he had more self-worth himself. So he expected more of me in healthier behaviors. And he didn't tolerate my unhealthy behaviors like he did his first wife. And then she says, I got to go to doggy daycare on a regular basis, but I also got to go to work with him Mm -hmm. because he trained me from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So this is something she says I want to point out to him is that when you when you start something with the right tools and you implement them everything is different everything is healthier from the very beginning all of it is and she says so he took me to work and I said how did that go and she goes it went beautifully because he had a routine where on certain days of the week I got to go to doggy daycare another day I went to training with him Then on different days, when I did go into the work environment, I got to be walked by different people at work and he socialized me with other human beings. And I got to have this really rich life with him where he realized that when you love somebody, they need other people to love you too. Mm -hmm. And that you don't become jealous of those relationships and the love, you become grateful for that love that they receive from other people. And she says, so I'm here to tell him that I was so loved by him because of wife one. And I want him to know that when I crossed over, wife one greeted me. Uh And I told him that, Kelly, total meltdown. Mm -hmm. Total freaking meltdown of so happy that his first wife met his second wife when she crossed. Mm -hmm. And you can see really clearly in this this person in gym, how much he learned to love both dogs. And he goes, you know what, Karen, I am so grateful for this. He said, because I I love wife one even more now. Mm -hmm. He says, I love her so much more than I thought that I ever did. I just wasn't appreciating her. And wife two is helping me understand how much I can love and appreciate wife one, and I don't have to love one more than the other and prove that to one over the other. My first wife is showing me that I can love both of them equally. And he says, Karen, he says, I'm also learning today that I was bad-mouthing the first wife and I have to stop doing that and, and realize that all those lessons contributed to who I am today. And he says, and the other thing he says is, that I'm understanding that without my growth, without actually taking in and building from all of the lessons, that wife one is right. I wouldn't have had the self-esteem. And my self-esteem has made me different at work, different in my marriage, different with my children. And he said, but that would be a whole other session with you. He said, so I'm just going to say to you, thank you for the half hour. Thank you for channeling two dogs. I had no idea that sitting here listening to you talk about two dead dogs for half an hour would give me so much joy, Mm -hmm. so much self-esteem, such a reset in how I see my life and my relationships 
in the past and in the present and letting me know how to go forward. He says, I am so grateful in particular today for wife one. That was a lovely story. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.